You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast with a very, very special episode because Jay and I are actually face-to-face right here in the same studio, and right. we're able to play off each other's emotions and talk about the mess that it was today here in London. So, uh, <laughs> of course, I'm your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and joined with uh, our fearless leader, Jay. How you doing today? We've had a whole day now to pretty much, you know, just reflect on the game and, you know, how you doing? I'm still mad about it, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, so um, I did our uh, – post-game analysis or instant analysis after it and uh, we got some more posts coming up on you know the aftermath of the game our thoughts on the game and of course we are recording this podcast as well so uh, hopefully before 12 o'clock we'll have a about three two to three more pieces of content up for everybody to look into and listen to in this case and uh, uh, view our frustrations if you (laughs) Yeah, so Jay and I are kind of, you know, we were, we were, he was in town for Florida, Georgia, so we uh, we wanted to make sure we took the opportunity to get together and record for you guys. And before we get started, of course, make sure that you're checking us out on jaguarswire.usatoday.com. Um, you can find the site at Jags Den Podcast on Twitter at the Jaguars Wire. You can find Jay at sportsgrind underscore Don, myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And our other partner in crime, Jacob uh, at underscore J Della. Of course, make sure you can find this podcast pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. I um, Apple, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and of course that Audio Boom Network via USA Today. So really appreciative. Of Go that. dogs! By the way, I wanted to <laughs> say that when you mentioned the Georgia Florida game, and that is how it is supposed to be said, Georgia. Georgia. Florida. Florida game. Despite what some other people may think. Uh, <laughs> I was a unbiased participant in yesterday's festivities as I am every year. And I was wearing my Texas Longhorn gear, uh, loud and proud. And many people were asking me if I was lost. <laughs> and I, I usually am. So, yeah, that's, uh, right, that's usually right. how it goes. But, yeah, guys. So, hopefully, if you partook in, in this weekend's festivities, everybody is safe and we hope you had a good weekend. But we are here to talk about the Jaguars. They go out to London where they normally play pretty well, um, but that was not the case, unfortunately. This morning, uh, we got up got up early, and, you know, I guess the nice thing is you get the disappointment out of the way right as the, right as the day starts. Yes. And you can just have the rest of your... I, myself, had a great nap, and then uh, we went out to Lemon Bar and met up with some good people, you know? So yeah, that's, we that's were... the best part about it is, like, you can have one of those. You can't even call it a power nap. You call it a frustration nap. Oh, yeah. be the best ones, right? Yep. <laughs> I just wanted to go to bed and not think about football for a while, and that's exactly what I did. So, of course, uh, we know by now the Houston Texans came away with a 26-3 to victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in what was a fight for second place in the AFC South. Looking at the box score, Deshaun Watson went 22 of 28 for 201 yards and two touchdowns. Now, those numbers don't necessarily leap off of the screen. However, he was just all over the place all game, and Jacksonville was unable to contain him and keep him in the pocket. He was able to make plays. Uh, A lot of things that we've seen Minshew do over this run, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting out of the pocket and creating. He was able to do that. Carlos Hyde, again, just 
the angriest runner against Jacksonville. 19 yeah. carries, 160 yards, and should have had a touchdown. Um, but we'll talk about that a, a little bit later. Um, as far as the receiving, uh, Duke Johnson led the way, five catches, 68 yards. You had Kenny Stills with four catches for 52, eight catches for 48 yards for DeAndre Hopkins in his first game against the Jags, minus Jalen Ramsey. Um, as far as the Jaguars stat line, not a whole lot to talk about. Gardner Minshew, 27 of 47 for 309 yards. Probably don't want your rookie quarterback throwing the ball almost 50 times. He did have two interceptions as Minshew Mania came crashing down to earth this week, and we'll, prob- we'll get into that here shortly as well. Leonard Fournette couldn't get it going either. 11 carries, 40 yards. Keelan Cole, I think, made the most out of his opportunity yeah. this week with both D.D. Westbrook as well as Marquise Lee out. Um, Even uh, before he's been making the most. Right. Whenever like he, he gets had, in, he's he's been. Yeah, I mean, like, he don't really, I think he's, like, fourth or fifth in uh, receiving on the team. But I will say this, like, the last two games before this, he scored a touchdown. Yep. Like, he's just, like, the ultimate opportunist. And um, he's really seizing these opportunities, especially, like you said, with Lee out, yep. uh, with Westbrook in and out of the lineup. And hopefully, you know, he'll be healthy with the bye week coming into play. Uh, but, yeah, like they're down one man now, and basically Cole is going to have to be the guy to fill their role. So, I mean, a little, going a little bit off topic here, a little surprised that the Jags didn't go for uh, Josh Gordon, you know. I mean – well, some people will say, hey, he has that history where maybe the Jags would pass on him and Tom Coughlin wouldn't be a fan. But um, And this is not to uh, apples-to-apples comparison, but he, he once took a chance on D.D. Westbrook, remember, mm-hmm. with the things that, you know. And, I mean, not that, you know, D.D. Westbrook went through a legal process and wasn't, wasn't convicted. Right. But we all remember the press conference where Tom Coughlin told us, like, hey, everybody was like, this is don't really strike us as a Jaguars guy. He has some off the field stuff. And Tom Coughlin was like, hey, I told him he messed up and we're kicking him out of here. Yep. You know, when I talked to him <clears> in our first, you know, phone to phone conversation before coming here to Jacksonville. So and he's been uh, pretty much, you know, yeah. a, a oh, good, yeah. good, good citizen. And we haven't heard really anything out of him. And I think, too, yeah, and know? I like, think um, we really saw the effect of having him out of the lineup today for yes. sure. And, and, yep. and that manifested itself and we'll get into that. Um, Rock Armstead got five catches, 65 yards uh, as well. Chris Conley had some uh, poorly timed drops throughout the game as well. We'll get into that. Um, yeah. Those, as far as the offense side of things, Lambo again was automatic. You know, we're not too, not too surprised right. about that. Um, defensively, nothing really standing out. Clayus Campbell, did have a sack and yet again another egregious penalty called by by the NFL officials that I'm sure we'll discuss here because there was a lot of reaction around the league on Twitter when that happened as well. Um, but yeah, that is the box score there. So Jay, just hearing hearing those numbers, you know, we touched on it a little bit as I was going over it. But what really you know stands out here in terms of the uh, the box score? Yeah, well. I was looking at the uh, the scoring pattern in which the because we didn't do a lot of scoring obviously, but the way that the Texans scored and uh, this one I can honestly say, and I had this conversation with Stodge. Shout out to Stodge. Uh, I can honestly say that I don't think this one falls on the defense when you look at no. despite the score being three to twenty six and looking at that deficit with your eyes on paper, you would think like the defense just gave up this asinine amount of points but they really held their own 
in in the game until like you know like until the second half the wheels started to fall off but like you can't really place the blame on them because they held their own for as long as they could and when you don't have an offense to help you and you don't have a offense to put up those points and keep the game close it's only a matter of time before you know the the Texans in this case knock the door down and the floodgates <laughs> open and then the situation looks much more worse than it was uh but that being said, upon looking at the box score, uh, especially the Texans box score, uh, I noticed, I think it was like they didn't have a receiver go over 70 or 60 yards or something like that. If I'm On not the Texans side? Yeah, who was Yeah, that? Duke Johnson had 68 yards, Kenny Stills had 52, and then DeAndre Hopkins, who had eight catches, but only for 48 yards, right. and he did have a touchdown. So, yeah, he held them in check. I mean, yep. well, they held them in check, they especially – you know, the big thing coming to this game was Hopkins. Right. And so I was that, wondering how that was going to play out with Ramsey not here. Right. And they, they so to our surprise, well, at least me, I can't speak for everybody else. They let Boye trail him for the yeah. most part. And we know Todd Watch don't really do that. Aside from when he had Jalen Ramsey, they don't really trail receivers like that. But it, it worked in their defense. I mean, yeah, sure, he got a touchdown, but the game was kind of out of hand by that point anyway. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, Boye and the passing defense did their part. Yeah, they let Deshaun Watson get off some passes that he shouldn't have got off, but he's an MVP caliber player. He's, that's just going to happen, you know. So, like, when I look at the box score, one thing about it is I definitely can't blame the defense for no. this. It was just the lack of efficiency from the offense. Gardner had a bad day. I know it was um, when I was really tuned into it because I was writing through some of it, but I was really tuned into the game. He had three straight series with a turnover. Yeah. That doesn't help. Um, even though, again, like the game was kind of out of reach at that point, but they just kind of amplified it, if you will. Yep. Uh, so that didn't help. Uh, we didn't have a receiver. Again, you just did. Uh, you said Keelan Cole was our top receiver. Five catches, 80 yards for Keelan Cole. No receiver really. Uh, above him in the receiving statistics, you know, so that didn't help. But yeah, and, and another thing too, real quick, is like John D. Filippo's game plan kind of shocked me too. I guess we can get into that later. But uh, they were they were minus three of their top secondary members, like starters, right? And like it didn't, it surprised me that we didn't really attack, attack those that. guys. Yeah, like I, it, that really shocked me. So really, what I, I said all of that to say this: the receiver stats on our end should have looked significantly better than they did. You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, the wheels fell off. Uh, Leonard Fournette wasn't really able to get going. That's another thing. If you notice the trend, you look go back and look at week two when we lost to the Texans then, Fournette was held at under 50 yards. He didn't get necessarily get a lot of carries this time. But with the carries he's got or he received in this game, uh, he wasn't effective with them. And they moved away from him, if you will. So that didn't help him. Um, and that's how you get the box score results that we are looking at right now in a nutshell. And he was coming into the game, I believe, with six straight games of 100 yards plus from scrimmage, yep. I believe. So that came to an end here this week as well. Um, yeah, it was really frustrating to not see Leonard be able to get going. He also, he did have five catches for 32 yards, um, but again, nothing really. Not able to really get anything going. And I know, Jay, it is, it's frustrating watching I feel like you probably feel the same way too. It's mm -hmm. it's frustrating watching these games, seeing Leonard Fournette struggle while Deshaun Watson continues to ball out. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. and 
Yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. And at least we probably don't feel as bad as the Bears feel. <laughs> so, Ooh, boy. <laughs> at yeah, least we don't yeah. feel that bad. So, so Jazz fans, when you get on your knees tonight, be thankful that yeah, sure we didn't get the franchise quarterback. That but we, at least uh, we didn't get Mitchell Trubisky, that, which was just now the Bear. We actually know exactly how the Bears feel because that that's that's the 2017 Jags man. They've got this great defense and they got a quarterback that can't move the football other than with his legs. You know, right? So, Blake, he's Blake Bortles North. Yep. I mean, I would say he's probably not as much of a uh, turnover machine, of course. But, yeah. I mean, Blake Bortles did that kind of at a, uh, like, a record level. You know, he holds some records for, like, I he think, does. like, yeah. like Pick six is the yeah, pick six record. so, you know, I, I guess you can't get no worse than that. But still, man, like, and it's funny because A-Rob went from Blake Bortles South to Blake Bortles North. But yeah, all I have to say about A-Rob is careful what you wish for, buddy. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but that's, of course, we – Wanted to go over the the box score, so we'll get into some of the uh, the key points here um, that came out of the game. So again, Jay, defensively, they look good. You know, they pretty much held the team. They pretty much held Houston in check up until the very end when the wheels kind of fell off as far as the the offensive side of things. Um, you know, going forward as far as the the defense, how do you think they've really? I feel like they've really performed pretty well and come together after all this Jalen talk. I think mm-hmm. maybe the locker room, I think as that situation went on, the locker room really just became more and more together, mm-hmm. united as, as a, as a team, right. as this whole Jalen thing kind of, kind of planned out. So, uh, played out, you know, defensively, you know, how, how do you feel in a lot in, in the locker room when it feels like we're going through this all over again, mm-hmm. where you don't have an offense now that can right. keep up, uh, even though your defense is doing everything. Like, what do you, right. what do you do at this point? Yeah, it's is when you talked about this earlier, like the days that the defense shows up, the offense don't show up, and the days that the offense shows up, the defense don't show up. It's just that inconsistency there, and uh, in the defense's case now, you know we we gripe about Todd Wash, and I'm still guilty of this myself. I still think Todd Wash should be fired next year personally, uh, because again, like I've said this on. Uh, I think it was the uh, Jets podcast that I was on recently. Uh, he used a little too much zone for me. But now I can kind of understand it now because Jalen Ramsey's gone and you don't want to put uh, Trey Herndon in those type of situations. He got so, bowled over at the end yeah, of the game, too. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> by the way. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand it. Um, but, yes, every since that game against the Carolina Panthers, they've really tightened down. Um, they've been better against the run. Now, granted, like – Again, going back to the wheels falling off type of thing, in the second half, they let Hyde get – I think it was Hyde or it might have been another uh, running back, but they let him bust off a, a – I guess it was like 40, 30 yards or something like that. I forgot who that was. But aside from that, like really, uh, the running backs weren't really necessarily getting out of hand until that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they – you know, that was the point of emphasis where they needed to improve at. It was against the run. They've done that. Um, the, the pass rush was getting home to Watson, but they just couldn't bring him down, and he was making MVP caliber plays. I think the only gripe now that we have against the defense is they don't make enough impact plays in the sense that the 2017 team did. That team turnovers was, aren't there. That, they were like they come in waves, though. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but they were like plus nine in 2017 or plus ten in, in turnovers, and a lot of those were impactful turnovers. A lot of them were like. Telvin Smith falling on the ball against the I, I think it was the Cleveland Browns in the end zone or AJ Boyer taking one back for a pick six or this this uh defensive back taking one back for a pick six so now we we really don't have that and granted the defense isn't that experienced like that that defense was in 2017 uh but I think like when you when the offense uh lacks 
the consistency and, and has the day that our offense had today, uh, the time is heightened for those type of plays from the defense. That, that's when you look at the defense and say we need those type of plays from you and when it's not necessarily fair because at the end of the day, I think it was, what, in three quarters in, they had the team, they held them to 16 points. Yep. So there, there was that point where it's it's 16 to three and mm-hmm. the offense is not, when, when you're thinking defense is going to have to score here. We're yeah. going to have to get a scoop, yeah. a scoop fumble or a pick six. That's how it's going to have yep. to go. And then, I mean, you get to halftime where they had 10 points, nine. the Texans, nine points. They missed the yeah, mid, point. yeah, they somebody blocked this. Shout out yeah. uh, Dewey Wingard. <laughs> uh, Andrew Wingard, but he called himself Dewey. But he, yeah, he blocked one. And yeah, yeah, man. The, the, the defense, like I say, for the most part, they, they held on as long as they could. Yeah. I can't really put this one on them. Um, it was because, reminiscent of that Chiefs game last year, you know, mm-hmm. where they just did whatever they, they did what they could up until, you know, the offense just couldn't couldn't right. keep up. And yeah, it's right. I, I'm assuming I, I I can assume it's very frustrating if you're on that defensive yeah. side of the yeah. football. Yeah, and going back to what we were saying about the offense, man, like I got to really look at it and analyze it again. But uh, you know, they didn't attack those defensive backs in the manner that I would have. Um, they, you know, like dude, they got like. I don't even uh, a Jaleel a die playing safety for uh, Tashawn Gibson back there. Uh, they got like they're really, I guess you could say their third string cornerback in there because Lonnie Johnson got in- injured last week. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Joseph got injured today, but I think he came he back. Came in. back, yeah. Okay, but he got injured today, yeah, and he was, got an interception um, later too. It's another corner atop the depth chart that was injured that they left home. You know, so. When you're looking at that kind of a situation on the perimeter, man, it's like you got to make those plays. And, I mean, you know, Gardner kind of played into that. Yeah. You know, but I guess I can definitely say that. Um, yeah. And that's a good segue of what I was going to talk about here next as far as Gardner Minshew. You know, he, he easily had his worst game since since being a starter here. Mm-hmm. And you could – and, Jay, we were talking about this before we started recording. You could tell it affected him. He was, he yeah. was pretty upset. And that's one thing, I think, that, why this fan base has really – latched onto him is they know he cares. I I think there were points in Blake Bortles regime where in his run here, where we felt like he didn't really care. You know, he he doesn't, he didn't really show it on his face. He didn't really show it. Yeah. So he didn't show it in his face. He didn't show it in his post game interviews, you know, things like that. And I think it's nice to just to have a guy who who genuinely does care. And Mm -hmm. I think he also knew in his head, this is probably it for me, at least for the time being, uh, right. because Nick Foles is set to come back mm-hmm. after the bye. So, Jay, you know, after the after his performance, does going back to Nick Foles make that decision pretty much that much easier for the team? Well, first I'll say this for on Bortles. I don't want to say he didn't. I mean, and again, me, me, you did say and I did say that some people felt like he didn't care. And, I, you know, I, I want to be careful about that because I do feel like Blake Bortles cared. I can recall him being upset. I think it was a preseason game like a year or two ago, him being upset to the point that he performed so poorly in the preseason that, that it would affect him uh, being a starter. Yeah, there was a legitimate – before the 2017 year, mm-hmm. it was, it was getting, there was an open yeah. competition. And he uh, him and walked Eddie. out of the locker room because, you know, he was, he was very upset, if you will. Well, I mean, I would think he was very upset with his performance. And he guess, I guess he saw the writing on the wall. Walked out of the locker room, didn't do any interviews with the media, uh, this, that, and the other. And it was like, you know, of course, in today's day and age, everybody on Twitter, the the uh, the guys inside of the locker room, Blake Bortles just walked out of the locker room with right. no interview. He, but in his credit, he came back 
you know, which again, that was uncharacteristic of him to walk out. He always at least says something. Right. He came back, um, got himself together, gave an interview, and I want to give him kudos to that. And if, to me, that did show that he does care about the game. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, some people, like you said, there's people out there who didn't think that Blake Bortles cared about the game. I kind of beg to differ on that, and I'm his harshest critic. But that I go back to that moment in terms of saying, you know, hey, I think he did care. Now, yeah. um, the second question was uh, about Minshew, right? Right. So does this performance essentially make it that much easier for the team to just go back to Foles? I mean, they were probably going to go back to Foles regardless, mm-hmm. but does this performance really – I mean, he really looked like a rookie today. Right. There, I mean, during this run, that's, I think, what people were amazed by. There were points where he just did not look, look like a rookie and this week it felt felt like he was just afraid to to air the ball out. You know what I mean? Where, where we haven't we've seen him throughout the season, you know, fling it all over the place right. like he did at Washington State, mm. and he just seemed very timid and afraid mm. to make a mistake here. So you know, does this with, with Nick Foles and that's what people I think a lot of people are hanging on to. Hey, we're four and five going into this final stretch. We got Nick Foles. This is Nick Foles' time. You know right. what I mean? So right. what do you think uh, as far as the quarterback position this means going forward? Yeah, I, I do think. Um... And you don't really like to necessarily pin uh, the fate of Gardner Minshew's future on one game necessarily. But I do think this game was very meaningful, meaningful in terms of his future for 2019 to remain the starter. Um, and, yeah, I think they'll definitely be going back to Nick Foles, no questions asked. But coming into the game, I thought they would do it anyway. Regardless, I mean, like I almost feel like the only way they would keep Gardner Minshew uh, as the starting quarterback, if he just straight up like just forty three to zero the Houston Texans, but even I mean, if he would have won it close or he would have won it ugly, I still think they would have went with uh, Nick Foles. And the reason for that is because basically the res- the, the degree of respect that uh, Marone and not just we, we'll take the front office out of this equation. Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin really don't matter in this equation. They shouldn't matter in this equation. They shouldn't have a say in this. And money, uh, by the way, money shouldn't matter. A lot of people right. have been asking that. The money shouldn't matter. I don't care how much you pay them. It's about who has the hot hand and who can win me games going forward right. and who has the momentum. Uh, but that being said, back to Marone and John DeFilippo, I feel like those should be the only two that will need to have a say in this quarterback competition and who to go forward with. But I believe basically that they, in their minds, they want to go with Foles and they wanted to go with Foles even before this game uh, because John DeFilippo has their relationship. Right. And really, he's the one that really matters the most is, is DeFilippo. He matters more than De- Marone in this decision. Right. And he has that relationship. With uh, Nick Foles, they've won the Super Bowl together, uh, basically. And how they view Nick Foles is like, you know, according like how the people say it from the building, like the media members, they bring him into like offensive meetings and like game plan with him. Like he's super, he's been very involved the entire right, time, right? And I mean, John D. Filippo basically said it when he got injured. He was like, hey, "Look, Gardner's the quarterback, of course, because Nick Foles broke his collarbone." But hey, and I'm just paraphrasing him. I want him to basically be my offense, my assistant offensive right. coordinator is how he put it. And that just kind of shows you the degree of respect that he has for Foles. And I mean, Foles gives you some different dynamics that, you know, Gardner Minshew doesn't, you know, maybe he's a guy that he could stand a little taller in the pocket, maybe yeah. feels down to throw that Gardner wouldn't have seen because Gardner's only six foot. So, I mean, and it's six feet, but we've seen plenty of instances too. If you look at like the NFL network uh, view, I forget what they call it, like the coach's view, but it's been times where like, 
a receiver is just streaming downfield deep, Chris Conley or Keelan Cole or whoever the case may be, and Gardner kind of misses him. And, I mean, you you can live with that if you win. Yeah. But, you know, you think in your mind, like, hey, Nick Foles would have saw that and attempted to right. hit that. And those are the, you know what I'm saying, those are the things that he can offer you that Gardner can't. So I think, you know, and also from the playbook perspective, I think the playbook can be wider. Opens up. Foles. Yeah, because, and I mean, not – I don't, I wouldn't say he's a better athlete than Gardner for sure, uh, but in terms of um, route combinations and the actual plays in the playbook, Just quarterback and, and IQ knowledge, overall. yeah, exactly knowledge and what he's seen in terms of deep. He's seen a lot more than Gardner Minshew, of course, because he's been in the league significantly more. Uh, so yeah, he you know whereas you would have had Gardner Minshew was using fifty percent of the playbook. Now with Foles there, the best way I can put it is now you could use eighty to ninety percent. And it's some a uh, percentage of plays that people probably haven't. And they said this on another podcast. I think it might have been T-Wig. But it's another percentage of the playbook you can now open up that teams haven't seen. And it's kind of like resetting, if you will, because nobody's really seen any film on Nick Foles nope. besides the preseason. Couple plays. And, yeah, like two series into yep. the regular season. Uh, and th- that's dangerous. That's, yep. We've seen in this league, in today's day and age, in this league, we have seen that teams struggle to adapt to a change at the quarterback position. And for me... Look at Baker Mayfield last year and look at him now. Yep. Yep. I mean, they either catch up with you or you make a change to where they can't catch up with you, and that's us in this case. So um, I think, yeah, definitely Nick Foles gets it for all of those reasons. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be like one of these guys who's pumping sunshine and this, that, and the other, but it wouldn't really surprise me if he was successful for those reasons. Because, like I say, the Colts, we play the Colts next, and they haven't played us at all this year, but let alone they ain't seen much on Nick Foles. That's a division win that we're talking about here That to make up for the one we just lost. But it's Tennessee after that. So you have an opportunity to make – if it's going to happen – they're going to have an opportunity to create their own destiny in these next six games because Mm -hmm. they have – Indianapolis twice, who was ahead of them in second place. Right. The Titans, um, they have the Titans again. And then they have the Chargers and the Raiders, which are both teams that are going to be jockeying for that mm-hmm. that wild card, that second wild card spot. Because if, if things end up going the way they are uh, as as they are right now, the Bills will have the first wild card spot. And then it's a bunch of teams at four and four, right. five and three, five and four, things like that. So Basically. Jacksonville is still right into it. This is going to be, and maybe you do have that guy, like I said, with the intangibles to mm-hmm. to pull off this kind of run. Right. I mean, he's done it with the Philadelphia Eagles, remember, you know, with Carson Wentz. And I think that's part, partly why he's he flourishes, because they're two different quarterbacks. Uh, not to say the playbook changed that significantly, but he, again, like he does things differently from Carson Wentz that, you know, the teams have been watching film on Wentz and studying him. And it's like, oh, hey, this isn't Wentz. This is a totally different quarterback that could do different things. And uh, that's a, a, a an adaption in itself. And I believe that's why ultimately that was one of the key reasons of why the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017 is because of that like mid season change. I think it was like week nine or eight right. that they made that change or something like that. And, you know, here you got the division acclimated to Carson Wentz and bam. And by the way, Carson Wentz was playing at an MVP, MVP level. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got that, and then that hit him like a ton yeah, of Philly brick. reminds us all the time. Carson Wentz was playing an MVP. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never forget we know, that, right? We know. We yeah. get it. <laughs> but, hey, look, now you look back at it now, like, 
a lot of their fans over there, are, they want Foles back because it's falling apart over there. It's like a, a burning bridge. And yep. like you'll be surprised how many times you log on to Twitter and like, oh, my God, Foles was the glue that held this locker room together. So from that perspective, that makes me optimistic about him. I mean, the guy the guy put them over the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> Philly sports fans are nuts, dude. Yeah. And, and then to, to deliver, and, and to beat the Patriots, too, I'm sure had a, had a lot to do with yeah, it as, as well. I mean, there's only, what, three quarterbacks that have beaten – the Patriots and the, I mean two quarterbacks, right? Uh, Eli and Nick Foles. Who's the other? Was Russell Wilson. Did Russell Wilson. Did he no. beat him? Or he? I know. No, no that was the year. That him. was yeah. the yeah. That was the year that. That uh, was the oh no interception. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Marshawn Lynch yeah. play, uh, or the the not Marshawn Lynch play. I guess right. I, we should say. But yeah, so only a, you know only a small amount of guys have beaten Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, and you know we got we got him on our team, and we'll <laughs> see if he can he can make a make a run. So uh, yeah, but they will have some chance uh, some opportunities to. Or at least the opportunity now to get healthy and get some guys back when they play. Uh, well, I want to say weeks. one more thing too with the um, on Nick Foles um, kind of bringing a new perspective on the playbook and kind of being a, a adjustment for our teams in the you know in the future that we're going to play. I've always said in my mind, I think this is where it really is a key. I've always said in my mind that the Jacksonville Jaguars could beat the Tennessee Titans or in some cases sweep the Tennessee Titans if Blake Bortles wasn't our quarterback. If anybody but Blake Bortles wasn't our – like, they had his number. Yep. And that being said, that theory proved to be true twice, by the way, uh, because uh, our backup did it last year. Uh, What? what? Henny? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, uh, Kessler. What no? Did Kessler beat them? No, he lost to him. He lost to him. But Gardner Minshew did. Yep, Gardner Minshew did. So it looked good doing it too. Yeah, so. yeah, because they they had Blake Bortles' number, and this is a totally different quarterback. They got to deal with that change again. This is like the third Jaguar quarterback they've had to face in the last three minutes. Yeah. It was Kessler, Minshew, and now it's Foles. Like you mean yep. you can't tell me like that they. You know that we can't catch them by surprise with some things, but hey, that's just yeah. Me. Well, at this point, it's it's probably you got you're gonna have to get a wild card spot because you're not gonna win the division. Oh, you got no. two losses against the Texans, and they are in they're they're gonna be in first place most likely. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the seriousness of the injury is to Jacoby Brissett. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on with that, but you got to feel like if it is Brian Hoyer, you can probably create enough pressure to mm-hmm. to get past him. And who knows what's the status of T. Y. Hilton is going to be right. So these. Those three games against those uh, against the division rivals are going to be very, very important. And like I said, when you, you have the Raiders and the Chargers, so you have the opportunity to knock both of them out. But mm-hmm. like I said, we just got to get we got to get both sides of the football to show up at the same and time. Basically, and that has only happened a few times this year, uh, unfortunately. So, so we'll see. But yeah, like I said, they will have some time to get uh, to get healthy here in the next week. They will have next week off before coming back against Indianapolis. So we'll move ahead at least into that point there, Jay. So Indianapolis, of course, you know, they had all that turmoil in the beginning of the year. It's mm-hmm. kind of strange to have to – this is our first meeting with them so late in the yeah. season. Um, but, uh, you know, sure. it'll be a big matchup. So what do you see in terms of keys to victory um, against the Colts here in a couple of weeks? Yeah, um, I. it's funny. I haven't really studied a lot of the Colts this, uh, this season. But um, I, I would definitely – if it's if it's Jacoby Brissett, uh, you you definitely got to hope. His thing has always been holding on to the ball too long, and uh, I think if the Jaguars uh, can hold their own in coverage, they can get him in that mode to hold on to the ball too long. 
Uh, and and they could definitely get to him. I mean, and, and the thing about Jacoby Brissett, the few games that I have seen, he has had some bad games or some unimpressive games. Uh, I would definitely rather go against him um, much more than Andrew Luck. Um, and, and in terms of some other keys to victory, I mean, we got to get Leonard Fournette back in the game. We just we just talked about how you know how lackluster his day was and how they went away from him because his day was lackluster. Typically, when the Jaguars go away from Leonard Fournette, it doesn't end well for them. Even I mean, going back to the Blake Bortles days, that you can apply that as well. For Gardner Minshew, we probably can apply that for Nick Foles as well. Uh, so they got to get him going. Um, I'm just glad that he's healthy at this point of the season, by the way, because he's kind of struggled in the past to be healthy at this point of the season. He's been very healthy, predominantly healthy. Knock on wood that it stays that way. But they got to get him going. Uh, they got to get DJ Chark going again. That's the main reason they lost this game. They couldn't get their top receiver going. And it was crazy because, again, he was going against some backup guys, some. Now, Jonathan Joseph was out there. Um, but, you know, he's got to get going. Um, and, and I think he can get going because D.D. Westbrook will be back. That'll help, help open up some things. You know, they move D.D. around. The, the formation, you know, he could do anything, really. He could play right. slide inside, outside, whatever the case may be. So that helps. Um, And, yeah, I really do think that it does help that we get that week of rest to prepare for them. We get everybody back healthy. Um, That should help the offense to get back on track. Uh, the It's just a matter of will they be consistent after that or will they – uh, show up against the Colts and be consistent after that. And then you also got to worry about the defense having a, a, a clunker too because they, you know, they've been known to do it here and there as well. So I think that's what they got to do on offense. And um, I think as they play their game defensively, um, I, I think they'll be all right if they just do stick to what they've stuck to already um, and and, and uh, keep Hilton in check. Again, we don't know the status of him too. That can, that can significantly help, by the way. So – I guess we'll see. I mean, I would say I'm not – I'm not – this game against the Texans, in the back of my mind, I feel like we would lose. Now, this one against the Colts, I don't want to say I'm optimistic because of the injuries or whatever, but I feel more comfortable with this game than I do with the Texans game because I think I just think, like, the Texans and Titans, like, it's just – you get this eerie feeling about playing them. I think yeah. with the Colts, I think we might just be all right, but we'll see. Yeah, of course – you know, a team. This division is. It's 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 very similar in you know to my my other teams' division as far as the NFC East. You know what I mean? Yeah. These, these everyone just beats up on each other, man, all <laughs> season, and then somebody goes ten and six or yep. nine and seven and wins the division. So I'll just ask you straight up, Eric. Uh, Eric, I'll just ask you straight up, Jay. Wrong podcast. I know. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Uh, shout out to the Wait For It podcast. Right. With the, <laughs> uh, but I'll just ask you straight up here, Jay. I mean, is this team a playoff caliber team? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the frustrating part. Yeah, is we're not bad enough. And I've said this before to be two and Straight fourteen, mediocrity. to be one and fifteen. Right. But we're also not good enough to go ten and six and make a playoff run. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just yeah. And they're going to pick somewhere between fifteen and twenty, and in both of those picks might be somewhere around mm-hmm. fifteen and twenty when it comes to the Rams as well, because we don't know what's going to happen right. with them as far as where their seating is going to be, or if they even make the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? Just I mean, because we, I think. Remember the uh, you know the Garrard Mike Thomas era you know what I mean yeah. and Eugene Dillard Jarrett Dillard though because yeah. those teams were were bad but they were like six and ten bad mm-hmm. and that's All not right. going to get you 
unfortunately, in those drafts, we were picking nine through 12 or right. something like that. Right. And unfortunately, that's not that guy. And still getting the wrong people. <laughs> still picking the wrong guy. Getting uh, some small guy from Appalachian State. Or Tyson Alualu. And, and uh, I don't even want to yeah. get into that, uh, that. So, I mean, what do you – what – do you what should Jaguars want to see really? I mean, is it's because we got mm. you know that little run out of Minshew, but now right. we're probably going to get Foles. Do you what do you what do you think fans probably want to see down this stretch at least to give us some kind of you know hope going into next season? Because otherwise, right. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able <laughs> to just sit yeah. here at six and ten to mm. eight and eight. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's the kind kind of team we have. Yeah. I think. you hit it on the head. I mean, like they for me, I either want them to go. Go to the playoffs, which, again, I don't think they're a playoff caliber team. We clearly just said that I either want them to go to the playoffs or be a 8-8 eight and eight team. And, I mean, I would hope that if they're 8-8, eight and eight, that's enough to clean out the house. But the reason I want them to go to 8-8 eight and eight or be 8-8 eight and eight is because I want the job, if they fire the front office, the people in the front office, and if they also fire Doug Marone, I want the job to be appealing. You right. know what I'm saying? I don't want it to look – up here as this is the Miami Dolphins or, or whatever the case may be because then I mean you all you, you see my personal theory you can get somebody like Mike Tomlin although you know like it's people out there if Mike Tomlin's fired by the way he might not be but they they found their They're way to 500 their way back into yeah. it yeah uh but you know a lot of people want to like this innovative college college coach with a bright offensive mind um I guess like for me to jump on that wagon, and I, I very well could later down the road. I want to see how uh, like Cliff Kingsbury do this year. Um, at at first, you know, he, he wasn't okay. in the beginning. He wasn't overly impressive. I was kind of like, oh, he's mad. But they're hanging in there. They're better hey, than I three, thought. They were three be. and three, five and one is better than I thought they were going to be at this right. point for sure. Right. So um, I want to monitor that situation a little bit more before I jump on this. Hey, let's get a. Uh, who was I think Matt Raul was one that they were um, throwing out there formerly a temple I don't know where he is now but uh, or a um, uh, what's uh, Lincoln Riley you know I doubt Lincoln like I don't get that Cowboys job I think (laughs) yeah by the way I was I don't think Lincoln Riley is if he's leaving Oklahoma I think it's for something like that. Yeah. For that, you know, or like, you know, people throw Urban Meyer out there who I don't, I'm not. A, well, Urban Meyer is apparently USC's top target. Really? They're going to they're throw a lot of money at him. You know, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck trying to be UFC. Um, I'm not, I mean, I ain't a fan of Urban anyway, but I'm just no. saying that's a name. <laughs> yeah. That's a name that people. But hey, if you get a championship out of it, I guess you throw the money out there. Right. I mean, All right. Shoot. So, as critical as a lot of us are of him, he's a, he's a winner. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't deny winning. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's what I'm I'm hoping for in terms. Does eight and eight is that enough to get Marone fired? It should be. It should. But would be, it be? <laughs> well, I thought like, we talked about this so much Marone though. Like, but get I mean, if Tom you if you get rid of Dave, yeah, if you get rid of the that's the thing though. If you but get they're gonna rid want of the their people, own guy. yeah, like you can't. You got to basically clean house. If you start at the top and get Dave and Tom out of there. The new person is going to want, you know, his own coach. And, I mean, it depends. Like, I really think the uh, EVP role, like, they could throw that away, really. Yeah. Like, it's just an extra role that's unnecessary. Really, to me, like, if you're going to keep somebody in the front office, just keep Dave and call it a day, yeah. in my opinion. Like, I mean, really, right now, they're flourishing somewhat off of Dave's draft classes anyway. That 2016 class, by the way, they traded Jalen Ramsey, but – you know, some of the success this team, the little bit of success this team has had was because of that class. You know what I'm saying? And, like, like a part of me wonders, like, 
I feel like Dave Caldwell does enough in terms of the drafting and whatnot to where Tom Coughlin's role as the guy to have the final say just kind of is meaningless. You yeah. know, the final say for what? You know what I'm saying? Nine point? times out of ten, you don't. You're not going to have a debate of who to take. Yeah. With pick number whatever you got in the first round. So like, what does he really do? Yeah. You know. I, I find myself asking. I mean, we still to this day kind of don't know what he does aside from like he has the final say and like he's he's. So, I mean, general. you can make the argument. Uh, just take a look at the Jalen situation that he's been more of an issue have been him being up there mm-hmm. than he has been. I mean, look look at the two guys that he called out. Jalen gone. Telvin Smith is just just right. walked away from football. Right. And who knows if he's going to come back? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there he did. He has been posting stuff on social media indicating that he right. he he does still want to play maybe right. down the road. Um, but I think I, I mean you can you can see it on the field not having Telvin around has been a oh yeah and in the locker sure. room for sure you for, know yeah like with the linebacker position too like I think you need that veteran out there because it's so easy to get misplaced like Miles Jack till this day is still getting misplaced yep. you know what I'm saying in in certain situations um and it helps too but I think it's a trickle effect. When your main guy, the linebacker position, is out of place and doing some of the wrong things, that means the other ones are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how. I and up until felt. last week, the argument could have been made that Miles had not earned that extension. Mm. Yeah, like the last two or three weeks, he's been solid. Yeah, but before, yeah, I definitely, you know, I said that in another podcast or on a Q and A. Yeah, he no. And then, I mean, my thing all always, uh, my thing about that was always when you look at that trio, him, Ramsey, and Yannick. Most people, most front offices would definitely not pay the linebacker first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I understand, like, there was some things about Jalen that they didn't like. Okay, so why you haven't paid Yannick yeah, before you pay? You know what I'm saying? Pay like, Jan. What, what's the excuse for him? Like, the man's out there literally, Calais Campbell said this last month or month before, like, he literally playing on one leg and he's getting healthier now. But the hamstring injury that held him out. I'm assuming the hamstring injury that held him out against the Houston Texans week two, he played on one leg after that. Like, and Doug Marone even said it too, uh, that he's been playing through some things. And Doug Marone said it week two that Yannick Ngakwe was very upset with the fact that the doctors wouldn't let him play, that he wasn't. Like, that's just the, you know, the total opposite of, I guess you could say in some ways, the total opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Want to put his body on the line, not making a lot of money. Uh, this, that, and the other. Why is this man not paid? Because, like, that's what I don't understand about Tom Coughlin is, you know, the things that you came into this organization preaching and the things that people tie your name to, he's been the exact opposite. Yep. You you want somebody who wants to play for this team. Yannick wants to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want somebody who is available, you know, that's not always injured. Yannick Agakwe has not missed any games but the one I just mentioned. He's been available in every game. You want somebody who's going to be productive. He had... 30 sacks in three years, you know, and I, I don't know the statistics behind it, but that's got to be like one of the most efficient, you know, sack artists since coming into the league. Yep. Uh, so why did, why does this man not have his money? And uh, I'm, some, some people say, I think I heard Dan Hicken say this. He said that this is coming straight from the top, the option to not pay Yannick. And when he said straight to the top, I went to thinking like maybe it's Shad Khan. And Shad Khan did come out and say this week. That he wants Yannick to be part of the, but we we gave him a we think we gave him a good deal, so maybe that's the hold up here. But I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, with Jalen Ramsey gone, Yannick's gonna get paid now. Right. Like you, you can't lose you both. You cannot of them. let that guy go after and, you've already lost another uh, another generational guy, right? 
Um, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Chris Long, the, the now retired defensive end from, mm-hmm. the, from the Eagles, and he was on Go Look and Wingo maybe a few weeks ago. And and he, it, it, I don't, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I know it was a top end retired defensive end that was talking about it, and he put Yon in his top five defensive ends mm-hmm. in the league. And you look That's at the true. talent at defensive end in this league right now. It's off the charts. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's the best it's been in a long, long yeah. time. Yeah. And Jan is one of those guys, man. And yeah. it just baffles me that we haven't given, we haven't rewarded him. And and the good thing is he's kept his head down and just played. Thank mm-hmm. God he hasn't gotten disgruntled yeah. because he could. I would if he got came out tomorrow. I'm been like, I'm not playing. You know, right, <laughs> like right. you, better, you better pay me. You know, or, or I'm, I'm gonna get out of here. You know, right. I wouldn't blame him at all no. because because Why he, he deserves his money. And and I think as far as Miles, you know, one he, I think the guy he's gonna get compared to for the rest of his career is Jalen Smith and Jalen mm-hmm. Smith got his money and he's, he's playing much better right. than miles. So it's, it's tough yeah. to go out there and see him, see him struggle. Yeah. And with, with, um, Yannick, by the way, he's also playing better in some categories that people don't pay attention to, like that go under the radar that you have to watch film. And like, he's, you know, he's making the heady plays to turn a running back up feel, or he's making these better plays against it. And that was the knock on him, too. Like, if you look at um, Austin Lane and Brent Martin, they do these breakdowns or whatever, or film breakdowns. And, you know, they show the things that go under the radar with Young. You know, like, it was always, you know, people always had this thing against him. Oh, he's not great against the run or whatever the case may be. Well, he's improved against yep. the run. He makes these heady plays that go under the radar that if you don't watch football and watch X's and O's, yep. you know, that you would miss. And, I mean – Sure, your everyday fan would miss that, but I know two people who don't miss that stuff and who see that stuff and still haven't paid them, and that's Tom Coughlin and Dave Caldwell. And uh, they're going to have to get off their high horse again. Like, And my thing has always been this. What are you saving the money for? What are you saving the money for? For one, you don't need to be spending money in, in free agency crazy like you do in the first place. That's yeah. not how you build and You definitely franchise. don't need to bring in anybody on the defensive line. Exactly. So tell because me, everyone, like, even Taven's doing doing solid. You know what I mean. You don't need to spend money on the line. And the, you bring up a good point too. If you want to make the argument that you could save it to pay somebody on the team, who else on the team? Like all of the guys are either on, you know they're on their rookie, rookie deals. deals or they're not playing well enough to warrant a new deal. Like it's nobody else to give the money to, but Yannick and Godquay, in my opinion. I mean, the only other guy you could really make a a case for is like D.D. Westbrook. Right. You know, but even so, like, next year they should have enough cap to take care of both of them. Yeah. You know, so. I made it work in Madden, so. <laughs> <laughs> Although right. I did have to tag Jan because he was not happy with the offer. Him, so, but right, the next right. year we got it done. That, that's actually what I think is going <laughs> to happen with him. They're going to tag him. And he's a guy that, um, I think they said this on the Bowl City take that. They were like, we could see him, you know, playing on the franchise tag because yeah. he ain't that guy, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, I think he'll get tagged and they'll come to a deal with him next year. But, I mean, you never can't put anything past this front never office. Know. Uh, well, it might be, it might not be this front office making the decision. True. That's something to factor into this. But, again, if it is this front office, again, and if it is Shad Khan, the one that's saying we can't pay you that amount of money, Okay, you want to be a first class organization shot. That's one of the first things that literally came out of his mouth when he bought the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have to take care of your players in a first class manner. Yep. And Yannick Ngakwe is a player that I don't understand why you wouldn't want him to be the highest paid player on your team. And he exemplifies everything you want in the Jaguar. And he will, you know, even off the field and in the community or whatever the case may be, 
he's going to be a guy that you you will feel comfortable with paying that money and letting him go about his life. You know, like he's not a guy you're going uh, to me. He, you're not going to regret paying Yannick and Gakoy, even if you overpay. I think that's the best way to put it. If you even if you overpay him, you're not going to regret it. No. So that's where I'm at on that. But, you know, I don't want to get into too much of a, a, a rant. <laughs> and so to, to those of you who consider yourselves a casual fan, what I would implore you to do, even if just for a half, just record a game uh, on a DVR and just watch the line for a full half mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll, you'll watch the game in a completely different light. It wasn't right. until like I started watching breaking and breaking down film and, you know, on offensive and defensive line I was like, man, this is a whole different thing going on mm-hmm. that I don't even know. You don't even pay attention to. Right. You're just it's- watching the quarterback. You're just watching the skill players, the skill positions. And, but when you just, you just take the time to just sit there and watch the lines, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's its whole own thing going on mm-hmm. inside of the game. Yeah. And you, that's when you'll see a guy like Yannick, uh, stand out mm. each and every single week. So, yeah. hashtag pay me on, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Duval, Duval till we die originals. They got that shirt out, and I hope they get it, get that man his money. I don't know if we're going to start a GoFundMe or something. But I mean, <laughs> yes. they say the uh, boosters they started like this yeah. low key fund to get uh Willie Taggart up out of Florida. State. And they did. We need to low key maybe start a fund for. And they got him out of there. Florida State fans. I'm man. That's. So, I yeah. know it's rough. I know it's rough for y'all right Woo. now. So <laughs> can't relate. My team actually beat Florida. So I can't yeah, <laughs> Texas had a lot of high hopes, but uh, you know, things happened. Things transpired, right. unfortunately. So yeah, and so of course we want to talk a bit, a little bit about you know what happened this week, and then looking forward a little bit as well. But you know, like I said, Jay and I are are in town, you know, together, and we got a rare opportunity to to record here, you know, in, in the studio in, in person. So we're glad we were able to get that out of the way. Jay, yep. anything else you want to touch on from, from this week? I think I just want to move on, you know, <laughs> and yes, hopefully, and like I said, hopefully some of that Foles magic will, will come through, but we, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think we can, I speak for all of us where we appreciate what Minshew did. I mean, look at what he did, man. It's still four and what he four and five. And is that's still, that's still pretty impressive. And he, he played himself into the rookie of the year yes. conversation. Look at it from this perspective. A team, as mad as we are about what went on the field today, uh, a team that lost their star quarterback, their starting quarterback in two series. Start veteran, starting veteran quarterback. And then a, play, a team that traded away their best player, a franchise talent, by the way, a generational talent, uh, should not have this many wins to their name. And you wouldn't think a six-round rookie could get you four wins in that kind of a situation so from that perspective you know I'm very thankful and from that perspective I'm also like curious about Gardner in the future I believe like a part of me wants to believe he can be a franchise quarterback now I think he deserves a chance in 2020 yep he it is it Open deserves competition barring a Super Bowl run yeah. <laughs> right, right. barring a deep playoff run no, I think I've, we'll probably get an open competition because I don't really see them packaging these picks to move up for like a quarterback. I don't right. think they're in play for Tua or right. uh, um, who's the other guy. Uh, I don't Jake from, from or, or anything. I don't think Herbert. they're going to be, I don't think they're, although I did see that, that uh, mock draft that has us taking Herbert, which I yeah about that. A, pe- a lot of people got upset about that when I posted it and they got upset with the fact that I was saying that, you know, it's a possibility. And here's why it's a possibility because, you know, time and time and time again, we seen, it, let's say hypothetically the front office gets replaced. Uh, Tom Coughlin and Dave Caldwell is out of there. Time and time and time again, we have seen uh, these new front offices want their Bring own their quarterback. Own you know, and you can't blame them. Like you know, 
Dave Caldwell didn't hold on to Blaine Gabbert. Right. Did he? You know what I'm saying? Like, albeit I'll, I'll now, Blaine Gabbert didn't play as good as Gardner Minshew right. has. Uh, but, you know, like, it, he didn't my beat is, Blake Bortles, though. That was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my thing is this, like, he, and my thing about another front office one to keep Minshew as um, their quarterback is look no further than this year's draft. Why was he so passed on? Why did all of these organizations let him fall to the sixth round? If the Jacksonville Jaguars thought so highly of him, by the way, for the people that yeah, for the people that want to give Tom Coughlin credit, why didn't they take him in the third round or trade up? You know, or you know what I'm saying? Like they, we seen them package up picks before and come up and get the guy that they really want. So if he was a starting caliber guy, they would have came up and got him in the yep. third round. So they were. So- they they were surprised by this as I think we were and there, oh, there yeah. was the, you know even though Shad did say he was very impressed with him in his right. in his interview but there's a reason impressed with him? yeah but there's a reason that he was he was taken in the sixth round and you know you just you just like seeing guys take advantage of that opportunity mm-hmm. I mean you look at the, all the it's, you know yeah of course we have the right to be upset about today just like you said Jay but mm-hmm. look at the quarterbacks around the league that have come in you know come mm-hmm. in and just not been you know, Mason Rudolph has has struggled right they can't figure out if they want Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick to start you know what I mean all this backup quarterbacks uh everything that's going uh you know Chase Daniels couldn't get a win you know right. for Chicago so look at all the the poor backup quarterback play you've seen and just be very happy that Gardner got us to four and five I mean that's pretty yeah that's, that's pretty fortunate. impressive yeah. so so good for him and uh I think he's a guy that's for sure gonna be uh, I, I think he should be in play for starting next year mm. uh, because I don't, I don't, for those of you, I don't think we're, like I said, going to be in play for any of those top quarterbacks nah. in, the, uh, in the, in the next draft. Um, we definitely need to get a corner though. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're one of those. Things. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to talk about draft too early, but you know, we are the Jaguars. So usually around <laughs> this time we are doing so, but still very much alive in the playoff race, mm. even after today's loss. And like I said, they'll be able to, pretty much control their own destiny here down the stretch. Um, and we will see how it goes. Um, but yeah, Jay, like I said, anything else you want to touch on before we, we wrap up here? And I think this was a good impromptu session. <laughs> yeah. For, like for it to be a made up one or, I mean, our own the go type of podcast, right. no outline and uh, unscripted. This might be our best one. Maybe we should just go unscripted from here on out. And also maybe we should eliminate Jacob from all future podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jacob. Like, <laughs> Uh yeah, but shout out to Jacob, man. We got to get him back on. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I, of course, I got some post game coverages, some quotes, some quotes to talk about. You know what Marone said, this, that, and the other. I've been kind of busy after the game, um. So that's why I only got the instant analysis out. But we got this podcast. Hopefully, it'll come out at least by tomorrow. And tomorrow will be Monday, the what the th- fourth fourth so yep. um third or the fourth we'll see uh it'll be the second some. day uh the day after the popeye's spicy chicken sandwich has been released right so if, right so if <laughs> yeah. y'all got the hookup uh or if popeye's if you want to if you want to uh <laughs> uh what's the word if you want to um sponsor sponsor the podcast and hook us up with some sandwiches we will be more than happy to yes i will admit i reached out to a chicken company it wasn't popeye's <laughs> and they flat out denied me so look this is y'all moving on to popeye's yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> please help, help. sponsor the hottest and fastest growing jaguar podcast on the airwaves but yeah um. so like i said i got quotes um some takeaways i'll try and get up i know daniel uh will do uh i think daniel does um <clears throat> the winners and the losers of the game uh, and then hopefully Robert will do um, the good, bad, and ugly from the game. But that might come on Monday again. Which ugly is, was from 
15 minutes in the first Everything. quarter to zero in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, that being said, um, we'll have plenty of content on the Jaguars Wire. That's www.jaguarswire.usatoday.com. At the Jaguars Wire is where you can follow us on Twitter. At the Jags Dan Podcast is where you can follow this podcast. At Phil the Filipino for Phil underscore Jadella for Jacob. Sports Grind underscore done for me. Yep, and of course, you can listen to this podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and the Audio Boom Network. And one of the best ways you can support the podcast is going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review if you feel like we have earned it. We would really appreciate that. So, yeah, uh, we're that's pretty much it for us this week, guys. Hope uh, you enjoy the content. We really appreciate all your support thus far. We will see you next time. Go Jaguars. And remember, hashtag... Pay Jan. Pay that man, man. Give him his money. Give him his money. All in a duffel bag, too. Let's get it. Where's that Brinks truck that Jalen drove up? That Give that Brinks truck to Jan. Marcel Darius has a Brinks truck. Uh, he might not be with us next year. So get the Brinks <laughs> truck go. before he leaves, okay? All right. So. We'll see you next time, guys.